You're listening to New and Approved on Sin. I'm here with Felix from Gengar. How are you doing, mate? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Ah, oh, no worries. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Now um, we are speaking to you because your band Gengar have have just dropped a uh, new album. It's called Sanctuary. Yes, we have indeed. Uh, as of a few weeks ago, it's, uh, it's now out in the world for everyone to enjoy. Yeah, um, we're going to play a couple cuts from it um, just so people get an idea of your sound. But uh, for those maybe only listening to this interview or um, have missed a couple of the songs that we have played, um, how would you describe the sort of sound that your band comes with? Um, I think, you know, originally we were probably um, would have described ourselves as being kind of uh, an alternative guitar band, Um, you know, kind of moving from sort of folk to kind of more grungy spots. But I think nowadays, I'm going to just say it's pretty much alternative pop music that's kind of how I view it I think it's quite it does vary track to track across the record you know some things are perhaps a little bit more uh, of one thing than the other but um, I think as a general umbrella now we just kind of go with old pop that pretty much sums up everything you know yeah sure it's sure. Vague, it's vague enough Actually, Enemy uh, described uh, your previous record, I believe, A Dream Outside, as um, an oddly soothing blend of dark romance and gentle psychedelia. So I can see how you've kind of made that progression into the style that you guys now uh, possess. I think I think it'll kind of make sense. It really lines up. Yeah, it's still kind of dreamy as ever, but um, I think probably the biggest noticeable change is we've just kind of upped our production game. Yeah, that's very clear, actually, because there's a very clear sort of genre mix that uh, goes on in this record. It feels like uh, you're listening to this melting pot of all these uh, different genres, because it kind of starts with a bit of an indie sort of feel to it, but then you hit Heavenly Maybe, and all of a sudden, like, the, the following tracks, it all has this more, like, produced, um, like, dream pop sort of feel to it. It's really interesting. Well, thank you. So um, how do you come about sort of having that genre mix and having those different uh, sort of styles all amalgamate into this one record? I think, you know, a lot of it comes from sort of writing as a collective. I mean, although I'm sort of the primary songwriter uh, when it comes down to kind of the vocals, um, the other members do contribute a lot to the musical um, content. So... I think kind of having that, you know, those different sort of starting points, uh, we sort of encourage more diversity. I think if every song was entirely written by myself, it probably would be a more sonically cohesive record. But I think it would also, we'd lose some of those opportunities to have songs which kind of feel very, very different. Um, and I think that's something that we sort of, um, we embrace, you know, I think we try and encourage that as much as possible. You know, we don't really want to have an album where, all the songs sort of feel like they do the same thing. Um, you know, that being said, there are there are loads of examples where I think that works really well on records. I think, you know, sort of bands like The War on Drugs, I think the whole record kind of has this one sort of feeling and emotion, sort of the same drum beat throughout the whole track, and that works brilliantly for um, for their records. But I think that's not really what, what we try and do. We sort of try and encourage to sort of have, you know, a bit more of a sort of uh, selection, you know, sort of a one of everything going on. Yeah, sure, sure. I feel like that really sort of, all hit like the 50-50 point per se like it really balanced out on uh, You're No Fun I think that track kind of 
for me, it, it felt like it hit all the different marks for the, the sort of spread that you were making throughout the record, just in the one song. So was that a uh, entirely collaborative effort? Was that everyone kind of throwing their own piece in? With you, what I find is probably it's quite a unique song. It's probably the only one that was sort of like made to spec. It came quite late on in the album process, actually, because I think we. We found ourselves at the end, and we had a lot of good songs, um, but we felt that there was loads of mid-tempo stuff, and you know we were kind of thinking about how that was going to translate to the live show, and you know we kind of always want to have that in mind at some point, you know. So we had kind of the workings of that song, and it felt like it was going to be one that was going to be important for the record, you know, just to kind of add a little bit more energy, um, something that kind of did something a little bit different, I guess, as well. Again, so. Um, it was kind of written with that in mind. It wasn't really finished when the decision was kind of made. Like, we kind of feel like we need that song to, to feature on the record. So it's, uh, it's fairly unique in that sense. Sure, sure. No, that, that actually makes total sense. <laughs> you really put it into context for me. Thank you. Speaking of the uh, live arrangement, and I, I guess also still relating back to the recording process of things, um, as we've said, the album has a very like sort of produced quality about it, uh, especially in the drums, I noticed. I noticed that the drums, they're kind of um, moving between like a live sort of analog sound and over to more of a drum machine, synthetic, uh, created sound. How, how do you guys go about not only well, performing that live, but also through the process of creating the record? Like what did, what did your drummer do to kind of get those different things? Well, I think, you know, that's come, that's come about through the kind of the way the songs have been written. I think, you know, traditionally we, we wrote entirely in a rehearsal room as a collective, um, playing, you know, playing through the songs and kind of working the arrangements that way until we felt like they were good as a live product and then taking that into the studio and trying to replicate that and, and enhance it. But, you know, this album was written a lot on the computer. So, you know, songs, for example, like Never Alone, that actually, the, the whole beginning of that song was written because... I just found that drum loop and I really liked it. So that sample, the song was kind of written around that really, which is, again, is not really something that we've kind of done uh, traditionally as Genga, but I think it's probably the way that a lot of um, producers and, and other writers, uh, of specific, probably specifically other genres, not necessarily guitar music, have and do right now. So we were just trying to try out new techniques, new different ways to kind of start songs. And then the idea being that if we started differently, then we would probably end up with something different at the end, but it would still hopefully feel like it was you know it was us um so yeah that mixture kind of to do it live that's just been something we've had to figure out afterwards so you know when we do this for the live shows now and we have a lot of triggers that kind of get hit through the um, triggered from the live drums and then it's trying to create a blend obviously you know when we do it live it is a slightly different beast to the record we don't really try and replicate the record perfectly we try and do something different and hopefully as good if not better live but you know always allowing for things to kind of live in their own space you know we don't feel as though it has to be exactly the same as the record you know i don't think that's necessarily important sure um speaking of doing things live you're actually down in australia at the moment doing we are. A couple different yeah. shows. yeah what's that experience been like for you so far well, it's been great. I mean, we haven't uh, done any of the shows yet. We're playing tomorrow night uh, at the Lansdowne. Well, I yes. don't know when this is airing, actually. That's probably a good point. This will air tomorrow night. Okay, so we're playing tonight at the Lansdowne, <laughs> uh, and then we're playing tomorrow night at, the, at Howler uh, in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, that, I look forward to that. That's a good spot. Actually, for, for those of you listening on, actually, with, within Melbourne, just know that, yeah, tomorrow night, the Saturday, 
is the the Halla Show. We can't name prices, sorry. Uh, That's fine. Do. You just need to know that it's a very reasonable price for, yes. for a Genga concert. You won't be disappointed. It'll be money well spent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they can get that on Eventbrite, yes? Yeah. Yeah, Eventbrite. Go to Halla or and look up Genga and you shall find the tickets for that show. Moving back towards sort of talking about the album a little bit more, talking about Sanctuary, Heavenly Maybe also, I, I, I think I remarked on it earlier, as being a bit of an outlier just within um, the style and where it, and where it sits because it's a lot more, uh, it's a lot dancier, I, I suppose is the word to say. Um, than than a couple of the cuts. Uh, was that due to working with Jack Steddon, the producer? How, how, what was that process like? I think it's, well, funny with that, I think Jack encourages the kind of dancey element, I think probably more for tracks like Icarus, I think that, you know, trying to find a sort of balance, you know, using references like LCD sound system to try and kind of add a bit more of a sort of party atmosphere to some of the tracks, I think. But with Heavenly in particular, I think that's probably more down to Hugh um, than Jack. I think that baseline that Hugh wrote for, um, is it, it kind of it encourages it to become more disco and more party. And I think that that song is, you know, the the hook is the baseline. I think, and everything else sort of just falls in place around it. So I think with that one in particular, it's probably yeah not necessarily Jack's responsibility for it becoming such a kind of disco groove. But I think generally across the record, where there was space to make things more dancey and feel a little bit more fun and a bit playful. Um, that certainly is Jack's um, kind of forte, I think, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. So was this all um, recorded in the same space then? Because the original, uh, sorry, the aforementioned single was recorded at Propagation House, correct? Yeah, no, it was. I mean, a lot of the recording was done at my house or at Jack's house, and then we kind of went in and did tracking across the album for bits that obviously we couldn't do, and we wanted to have a live room. Uh, a big live room to record stuff. So, um, yeah, it was it was all done within that process, really. Mine to Jack, and then we just went and kind of did all the finishing touches at the studio together. Yeah, and how long was that process? It was actually pretty concise. Uh, we did it all in about sort of three months, I think. Uh, yeah, Jack, obviously, they were scheduled to do a Bombay Bicycle Club record, so we had a real kind of quite strict timeline for everything, which I think was really kind of worked in our favour, actually. It kind of gave us quite clear deadlines for everything you know i think previously in the past we've probably been quite bad at, at keeping things um short and sweet you know we've definitely overspent time in studios and ended up kind of making things worse as a result of that you know redoing things endlessly until there's just absolutely no enthusiasm or life left in it so i think given the, given the way that we um we have to work on this it definitely worked in our favor for the record i think sure not overthinking it just letting it speak for itself sort of thing yeah definitely you know kind of just uh yeah Letting, letting things lie, you know, just then I think having Jack as a producer there, that helps as well, you know, you kind of have that confidence, I think you can kind of, if he says that it's good, then you kind of, you, you let it happen, you know, just, you just leave it, um, whereas if I was left to my own devices, I think I'd, I'd be redoing things, you know, 10, 20 times <laughs> before, <laughs> before deciding that it was probably fine the second time, you know. Yeah, understandable. Oh, well, Genga smashed out a uh, smashing album, well done. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so for everyone listening at home, go take a look at, and listen at Sanctuary. We'll play a couple cuts, hopefully, to get you sunk in. And um, go check them out at The Howler on this uh, Saturday for a very reasonable price. <laughs> yeah, we look forward to seeing you all at The Howler. Yeah, is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, I'd, I'd just like to say thank you for everyone for tuning in. And um, Yeah, and we look forward to, uh, to the shows and enjoy the tunes.